What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Damo back on the show, and today we're just going to kind of have uh, a discuss whatever episode. We're going to talk some head coach search. We're going to talk some Damian Willer, uh, probably some Jeremy Grant, and some other scenarios like that. But first thing I kind of want to touch on today is the um, updated head coach search. I think the official names we're at now are Cassell, uh, Wes Unseld, and we heard those names from um, from Brian Winhorst, I think, and then we heard Jamal Mosley. I don't know if that was Shams or whoever, but Mosley's definitely in the mix. We have that Celtics assistant head coach that um, he said we had interviewed with him, and then I think that's really it, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. The Mavs guy, Cassell, and then uh, Wes Unsell. Yeah. I don't think that Celtics coach is really going to be considered. I think it was more of a, well, we'll talk to you, and if we like you, then we'll pass your name on to whoever gets the head coach job, and maybe you can end up here. So. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what do you think about um, just kind of how the search has gone so far? I know – we were kind of saying before we got on here, and again, I tweeted it this morning, it seems like the guys that we're interested in in our group of candidates really really aren't being pursued uh, by anyone else. Uh, and, and the one thing I want to say is I'm surprised our name hasn't been linked to Becky Hammond at all, it seems like. I, I mean, I could be wrong on that. Maybe you've seen something. I haven't seen anything about us uh, being in talks with Hammond for the job. But, I mean, what do you think about our list of candidates right now? Uh, I think they're good. I mean, like they're I mean, they all make sense based on, you know, you know, when you connect the dots of relationships and, uh, you know, the tea leaves there of, of past jobs and, and opportunities. It just the names make sense. The one that didn't that really kind of came out of left field was the 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 gentleman from the Mavs um, mm-hmm. seems to have a really good relationship with uh, Luca. Um but uh yeah, I mean they they all make sense. I mean I I just think they're it seems like they're really like doing the, to find the right guy or gal um as opposed to just anointing uh an individual based on some lofty, you know, pipe dream. Mm-hmm. So uh I I'm 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 in, I'm on board. I feel like Whoever they end up with, I feel like it's going to be the right guy because they're going about the process the right way. Right. And that was the one thing we said couldn't happen again. You can't interview uh, two or three guys, call it a day. You have to go through about your process, uh, reach out to people who may not even be interested in the job originally and just kind of gauge their interest and see their thoughts about the roster and the direction of the franchise and all that. And Looks like they're going through that process with a number of candidates. I'm sure a number of assistants' names that they've wanted to interview haven't came out yet, but I did do some background research on Mosley a little bit, and there's plenty of videos of him talking on YouTube and just kind of his journey and all that, but he's been a coach exactly as long as Wes Unsell Jr. has. Uh, He started in the league as player development, and then from there, worked his way up as an assistant with Denver. And then I think he was at Cleveland. And then um, he's been with the Mavericks. So 
but they both started, he and uh, Wes both started in 2005, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, been a coach just as long and is just as mm-hmm. qualified. And of course, we've seen that Luka Doncic really likes him and it was uh, a pain for him and I'm sure his other players as well to see him not really even be considered for the opportunity, which I thought if you're Rick Carlisle, I mean, you can like who you want to like, go for it. But I think that was kind of disrespectful to to not even really like promote him, given that he was kind of your lead guy for so many years. So just kind of weird. Um, but I mean, yeah. if, it, if, if we take him, I'd be happy with that. You're not going to see me complain about it. Yeah, I don't. But what is his? I mean, what is his his kind of calling card? Like we know Wes is more like a defensive guy. Is his is he a defensive guy as well? Or yes, just kind of okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I definitely be welcome to that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because uh, going around the league again, um, none of the guys. I mean. Chauncey Billups with Portland. I know that we were interested in Chauncey, but at the end of the day, I didn't think he would be the higher. Uh, Jason Kidd, we were never really interested in. Uh, Ime Udoka, we were never going to be interested in. Um, who else? Are we missing one? Because we said four. Uh, we might not be, because I think that's four, and then we were five, and then the Pelicans and Magic haven't hired anyone. But then the Pelicans are, we saw on um, Real GM, and I think it was originally from Brian Windhorst that Jacques Vaughn is probably going to get that job. And then um, Orlando is probably going to just get some lower tier assistant. But even if it came down to another assistant coach, like, yeah, that's the same kind of guy that, or gal that we're looking for, but our job is way more enticing than that. I mean, unless you really just don't want to deal with superstars right away. Yeah. And you want to build your foundation. If you want to build your foundation and do things completely your way and kind of build it from the ground up, yes, Orlando is a better situation. But if you're trying to win right away, I mean, uh, our situation is clearly uh, more enticing. So it's just about what you want at that point. That's why when I said yesterday or the other day on the pod and we recorded with Andy, you know, is Orlando's situation more enticing? I think it can be. It just depends on how you look at it and what you want out of it. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I mean, I, I think honestly, I mean, I think the the coaching jobs have kind of been filled, with the exception of Indiana, because I, I feel like that was more Carlisle kind of. I mean, Carlisle leaving the Mavs was kind of just out of left field. Like nobody was was anticipating that, and I think him going to Indiana was just kind of like him returning to some of his own roots. Um, a comfort or comfortable thing for him. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like the other jobs have kind of filled kind of in order of desirability, honestly. Like the Celtics one went first, and then it was kind of a domino from there. It went, you know, I mean, the Carlisle thing happened, and then it went, you know, Blazers. And now I think you got the remaining jobs between us, Orlando, and uh, who am I missing? And the Pelicans. Um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are those are the jobs that are left. So I think that's pretty much where it's at. Like those are the those are the and out of those three, I would definitely say that the Wizards is the most desirable if you're a coach that's trying to get wins on your resume. Because I don't know too many coaches 
especially if you're a minority coach where you can't afford to get two or three rebuild years of losing on your resume, like you're looking for a spot where you can win games, where you can present that res that winning resume. Cause the first thing people we look at when we talking about coaching candidates, what's their win percentage? Right. You know, what, what was your, <laughs> that's the first thing you look at. And so if you're going to a team that's in rebuild mode or they're tanking for draft picks, you know, you're not, you know, you're not winning there. And then that, that's going to be a stain on you when you're looking for the next job. Kenny Atkinson, so, for example, I think is a good example. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I think the Wizards job, you're looking at two all NBA level players who are still kind of in, still in their primes. Um, yeah, I know I can win some games with them. Right. You know, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's really that simple. So, we'll I see still think at, yeah, I still think at the end of the day, it's going to be West, but I think I would change my top two now and I would take a sellout and I would put Mosley at that too because. I don't want anybody that has any serious history with anyone on the roster because I don't want anyone to come in and be buddy-buddy. I want you to come in and do your job and execute the way you want to execute. I don't, I don't want there to be any conflict of interest. So, and yeah. Mosley, again, I'm has been on the bench longer. Sure. Again, yeah. Mosley and Wes have been on the bench longer than Cassell, and they're younger. So I would put Mosley in at that. 1B kind of under Wes at 1A. So you don't want any of the uh, the, the the fraternizing of, you know, I guess the, 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 the player's coach who just basically lets the player do whatever the hell he wants to do because he has a relationship with him off court. <laughs> right. We just dealt with that and we saw a disaster for about yeah. half a season. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it depends – like who the player is like if if because I feel like that that's why Monty Williams and Chris Paul work like Monty Williams was at Chris Paul's wedding they're literally best friends yeah. right but because it's Chris Paul and Chris Paul is just this he's literally like another coach on the floor and he's one of the most pure traditional point guards the league has ever seen it works, right? Because if you're modeling, if you're modeling after Chris Paul, you're probably doing it the right way, right? Because right? he, he's a player that he has no weaknesses. He <clears throat> defends at a at an All NBA level. He scores at an All NBA level. He's efficient. He takes care of the ball. He's a coach on the floor. Like that's who you want to model after. So a coach that is, you know, kind of that's buddy buddy with Chris Paul, and you know kind of tells everybody else to look up to Chris Paul, well, that's a good thing. You know, mm -hmm. that's a good thing. But everybody ain't Chris Paul. <laughs> so right. so it's like, you know, what, what are you getting here when you do that? Right. Because the difference also between like a Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul is, is Chris Paul's play style ever controversial to anyone? Yeah. I mean, James Harden, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, because right. he ain't getting the ball enough. But other than that, I mean, Chris Paul fits anywhere, right? I mean, to me, he's the greatest point guard of our of our generation. Um, to me, like true point guard. So yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it just it is what it is. Like that's the standard. That's what you want guys modeling their game after. 
his work habits and and how he plays on the floor. So, um, right. but yeah, I, what I was saying, and I mean, you don't want guys modeling their game after guys who kind of play defense when they feel like it, you know, uh, where it, they're not taking possession serious every time down the floor and mm-hmm. valuing basketball. That's just not, no, like that needs to be called out and held accountable when it happens. Right. Right, and this isn't just a Russ thing, by the way. This is this is also with Beal. Beal well, it's has definitely a Beal thing too, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. So I, I don't want to for his fans because I know that a, a lot of Russ fans do listen to this pod for whatever reason, uh, given that they probably hate both of us. But um, <laughs> it, it's not a it's not a a Russ only issue. I mean, we saw that in the playoffs because if you're Jamal Mosley. And you're watching tape from us from this past season. You're like, okay, you two are not going to be doing that all season. And if that's what you want to do, then you can pack it up and go play somewhere else. Right. I mean, that, that's how you have to look at it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know that they didn't have the best supporting cast in the world, but how many times last year do we say, you need to give Rui the ball more. You need to give Denny the ball more. You need to give Vertons the ball more. And this is without Thomas Bryant, who's going to be back into the mix next year and is probably their third best player. Or fourth, um, I think Rui's probably safely third at this point. But Thomas Bryant's kind of in that, eh, maybe you could say third to, to fifth best player, and he's going to need the ball when he comes back uh, this season. So, you yeah, know. I mean, and, and, and the thing about that is, like, what does that even like when you say give X player the ball more? Like, could Bill even tell you what that looks like? Could Russ even tell you what that looks like? Because you would need to have structure for them to really articulate that. Like, what right. does that even look like? Because they don't, they don't run an offense. They just, they were just out there, just kind of playing pick rec up. ball. Yeah, they was playing pickup ball, and and I mean that goes to show how talented they are. I mean to go seventeen and six in the league, basically with no system. I yeah. mean that that goes to yeah. show you how talented you know when you got the second leading score in the NBA, thirty point per game, and then you got a guy that can get a triple double in his sleep. You know uh, that just goes to show you how much talent can kind of carry you. But we know talent can only go but so far if we're talking about winning anything of significance. Like, you have to have a system. You have to have a purpose when you're out there on the floor. And the Wizards didn't have that this year. So, Right. And it's simple things, too. And just for Russ specifically here, like, okay, instead of the, the early shots in the shot clock, dump it down to Rui in the post. Give Denny the ball and let Denny run a pick and roll every now and then. Um when just if you can just have someone that can just kind of not control him entirely, but you can kind of limit him and kind of mask the negatives in his game in a system. Because let's face it, Russ is what he is. He's going to turn the ball over. Um, that's just the kind of player that he is, and that's not always a negative thing. I think a lot of times when um, players are aggressive and they're trying to make things happen. Yeah, you're going to turn the ball over, and that happens. But there's a difference between turnovers and stupid turnovers. And especially in the playoffs with, with Russ and Beal, it was just stupid turnover after stupid turnover. And so that kind yeah. of stuff has to get fixed. And the way you fix that is by having more structure. And, and just knowing like simple movement off a double team. Like Brad gets yeah. double teamed, that's probably a turnover. One, because he doesn't know how to handle it. And number two, because no one moves to make themselves available. Yeah. So it, it yeah, all connects. Stand and watch it was the Brad Bill show. But, and that's another thing um, someone had mentioned on uh, Twitter earlier, like the, the, the pace that we played at, 
Like some of some of Russ numbers, the good and and the bad are a little inflated because we play at this crazy pace. You know, right. we led the league in, in pace, but we're a poor shooting team. So it's like you're you're that's a lot of misses that usually turn into fast break opportunities for the other team if you're not getting to the free throw line. So you would mm-hmm. see in games where we couldn't get, you know, where the refs wasn't really on our side or, or calling in our favor, you know, putting us on the line 30 plus times a game. We struggled. We struggled offensively. And, and teams mm-hmm. would get out to big leads because we would turn the ball over, turn the ball over, miss a shot, miss a shot. And that's an extra possession for them or a fast break for them. And they hitting threes. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get blitz like that because you're playing at this high pace that really isn't to your favor. Like, I feel like a team with Russell Westbrook, with the way he plays, we need to play more ball control. We need to slow it down mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, similar to what the Heat do with Jimmy Butler. Like, they don't try to score 130 points a game. They slow the pace down and make it more of a half-court game and say, well, we'll get our fast-break points when the opportunities are there. But ultimately, we want to beat you down. Right. You know. Russ does a lot of good things. And I love how he loves to operate out of the post a lot of the time because that's a skill that not a lot of point guards in this league have. I mean, I think the point guards that can probably do that are are Chris Paul. Um, Who else can operate out of the post anymore? I mean, really? I mean, is there any other point guard in the league that can do that? It's not. It's not. It's not a lot of them. Um, right, and yeah, and that's a valuable yeah. asset to have when you when you can bully down whoever's guarding you, even if it's like a six seven, six eight lightweight dude. I mean, Russ is still going to body you if he gets you one on one down there, and he's going to get to a spot and probably get a free throw. But the the next part of implementing that sort of thing is teaching guys how to move off ball because let's face it, and and I'll say my bad on some of this. I'm you know. Some of the criticism is justified, but when you don't run anything and you have a lot of young players on your roster that don't have the knack for moving off the ball, and if you're Russ and Beal and you're just standing there and you're waiting for someone to help you, but, I mean, no one's open. I mean, what else are you going to do but try and force it? Because you have to in that situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I understand like the, what, what some Russ fans try and say by that, like, yeah, he may turn the ball over a lot and he may force some, some shots sometimes, but it's like, who else is really going to go out there and try and do anything else? I mean, Rui from this roster who was healthy, especially in the playoffs is, is the only one. Yeah. Cause Gafford's yeah, offensive I mean, game isn't there. He needs shooting. Um, I mean, unless unless you're going to get Russ, the Russ that's playing at the MVP 2016-17 level, you have to have shooting around him. Like, you just can't can't give him Bradley Bill and uh, a little bit of Bertans here and there, and then you're not even really running plays for those guys. You're just kind of standing them, sitting them in the corner, and guys are taking turns between Bill and Russ dribbling. Like, that's not <laughs> – that's just not a way to maximize Russell Westbrook. It's just not like, and mm-hmm. you know, I feel like some of his numbers, like some of the, the some of his part of his bad numbers, are because he he wasn't coached this year. You just letting him just, you know, he just out there, like, you know, with 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 no no rules, no 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 structure, just doing whatever. 
And, you know, you got what you got. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do believe in Russell Westbrook as a, as a player that you can win with if he's under the right structure. If you mm-hmm. just want to let him do whatever the hell he want to do, him and Bill, like, well, we're going to get what we get. We're going to be a 500 team. We're going to go out in round one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it is with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree a thousand percent. Uh, moving on to some interesting things. So, I guess to, to recap it simply, uh, people came at Damian Lillard for saying that he should have known about Chauncey's history. Um, he said he didn't. And to his credit, I think that that's probably true. I mean, like he said, I mean, who who's going back and reading the news from that long ago? So, I mean, unless you remember it from that time or um, have, have seen it pop up in random places, I mean, you're not going to know. I didn't know that was a thing. You didn't know that was a thing. So, I mean, I don't know why we would expect Damian Lillard to. What, what do we do? Expect Damian Lillard to go find the Chauncey Billups archives or for whoever's going to be recommended for head coach and go and look through all their personal history like no he's not going to do that that's not really his job his job is to know what he thinks about basketball not anything else so um that led to some reporting come out that maybe he may request a trade at at some point Uh, i know that he and neil olshi probably have a sour relationship at this point um that's probably one-sided i'm sure olshi still has all um, love for Dame, but um, I'm sure the feeling isn't mutual at this point, which I kind of want to get on this because I say this all the time, and we said this in the offseason. Could the Blazers have had much of a better offseason, I mean, to be honest? Man, we were we were loving their offseason. I mean, they signed damn near every wing possible. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just think I just think they kind of signed guys. They signed the right guys. I just think I don't think they implemented them in the right ways. Like, like Stotts to me is is basically Scott Brooks West. Like they don't they run a lot of ISO. It's a lot of Dame and CJ just having to be great, and they come down, you know, and they just they shoot them. They they put them up, but they don't really move the ball a lot. Like I I had looked at some numbers on the Blazers a while ago. And they've been like since Dame has been well since Dame has been there on the stats, they've been one of the one of the least frequent passing teams in the league. Like they're always bottom three. Most times they're the last their last place as far as passing in the NBA. Man. And it's like, why is that? You know, they I mean, but you know, they win games. They're they're usually a top five, top ten offense. Um, because Dame is so great and they shoot it so well. But that's never going to get them past round two consistently. Um, so I just feel like they got the they have the roster, the roster you need. They just didn't implement it right. Like it was just never really, it was still just the Dame and CJ show. And then when CJ got hurt, it was the Dame show. Um, but they don't really move the ball at all. And they damn sure don't play defense. So and I think right. that's with their bigs. Like their bigs, most of their front court is are poor defensive players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <clears throat> I mean, think about. It. I mean, they have the big man. Um, they have Nurkic, you know, a guy who can play defense, protect the rim, uh, get rebounds. They have the wings who are lengthy, uh, athletic, can shoot, can defend, and then you have 
your all-star backcourt mate and CJ McCollum. I mean, it, how I don't understand how you could be mad at Neil Olshi in terms of the roster moves that he's made over time to put people around you because he's tried and he's done different things and he's put together competitive teams. But at the end of the day, like if you're going to be frustrated about why the team's not winning, well, there's two things you can do. One, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, well, we're not winning this style. How can I adjust? And two, you can look at the coach and say, well, what the hell are we doing? But, but guess what? You know, she already took care of that. Stotts is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think O'Shea is a bad GM. Like I, I don't, I don't think that's where uh, Dame's frustration should lie. I, I really don't. Um, I mean, for one, it's Portland. It's not like it's a huge market that you know the LeBron James and Kevin Durant's are banging the door down to get there. Um, people, athletes just go there to meet with Nike and then they go back to LA or Miami or wherever else they live. Um, so I don't I think he's done well with the roster. Like he gave Melo a shot. Melo Melo finally decided to, to go there and it worked out as good as you can you would hope for a move for Melo would work. Um, you know, you got Robert Covington, you gave up two first round picks for a role player. You know, like I don't know how many teams doing that. Right, especially small market teams. Right, um, you know, and then they 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 signed uh 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 what's Derek Jones? Uh, what's yeah, Derek Jones? They signed him. They had uh, I mean, they signed just about every wing, not named Jay Crowder, that was available this summer, and mm-hmm. and then and then got Covington, and you thought looking at that, okay, they all play defense, and then they traded Trent Jr. and got an upgrade with uh, Norman Powell. So I'm like, that's a win. That's good. At some point, I I think their biggest weakness is the fact, one, they don't move the ball, and then two, they don't have a center or dominant five-man that is an anchor. Like, once you get past their guards or their wings – there's nobody at the, to meet you at the room. Um, and, and even that, they tried it with Whiteside, but then that didn't work out because Whiteside is just kind of a goofy guy. Um, I don't know where Whiteside fits in as far as a winning culture is concerned. So, you know, where do you go get that anchor big from that can block some shots and deter guys at the rim? You don't think Nurkic is a fine center? No. Not for what they're trying to do. Maybe um, you can try I, and put Nurkic for like Steven Adams or something. And see, I, I feel like that ship is sailed because he suffered so many injuries. When are when when can you trust Nurkic to be on the court? He was pretty healthy this past season, wasn't he? He was? I don't know. Maybe. Let me see. I thought he was pretty healthy this year. I could be wrong. Or maybe he started off the year injured and then came back in and then was healthy. I don't know. So 37 oh, of a total 72 not. games this year. Yeah, okay. Eight well. of a total 82 games last year. Yeah. Yeah, he's been kind of banged up over his career. Like he, they, tra- they traded for the wrong big man. They were supposed to get Joker. 
Because <laughs> I Could remember when Joker was kind of coming up and Nurkic was better at the time. And Joker, they, you know, the Nuggets moved on from him because they were like, well, this dude Joker can can play. And they moved him. But man. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, th- this raises the discussion. Um do you, I mean, do you think Beal will, will mention it at all to Damon and be like, hey, like, you know, I know we've been kind of tight for a while now, and, you know, I know you may want out, but, you know, why don't you come and join this side and and see what we can do over here? I mean, do you think that's a discussion Brad would even try and have with him, or do you think he's probably just kind of committed to Russ at this point? Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I think um, – and even, and even from Dame's perspective – I don't think he would want to come here knowing it would mean kicking Russ out. Like I just think those guys, they just have too much respect for each other. If it was if it was Dame trying to get somewhere, it would be somewhere that wouldn't have an all-star or you know, future Hall of Fame guard already in place. Um, so he can kind of make his own way there, make his own legacy there. Um yeah, I don't I don't really see that happening. Um, but it's some other names though that that Bill is going on this trip uh, to the Olympics with that he can he can put that bug in there for sure. Yeah, um, I think one obviously is um, Jeremy Grant. I think is probably the popular name from that list. Uh, who else is going to be on this list here? I would put Tatum uh, on that list too. <laughs> Dang, I don't think that's happening. It's a long shot, very long shot, but hey, man. I mean, honestly, and I wouldn't do this, but if you wanted to get Kevin Love, that's probably pretty affordable, but I wouldn't do that at all. Hell no. He's too old and he's not really good anymore at like anything. Hell no. I don't even know why he's on the team, to be honest with you. Maybe if, if the Bucks flame out, like if they blow this conference finals and like everyone's just pissed and someone wants out, I would love Chris Middleton. Yeah, he would fit in perfectly. I mean, that's exactly that's exactly the type of skill set you want. Score at all three levels, plays defense, six foot eight, and play out the post. Yeah, but that's exactly what you want. He can play off the ball. My thing with a, t- a kind of move like that, like where you get a legit third guy at small forward, is I still kind of think Rui can be that third scorer. So if they go a cheaper route and go a Jeremy Grant where that third scoring role can kind of be for Rui or kind of split between a couple to a few different guys, I think that's that may be a better way to go about it. So I, I think definitely at this point, I mean, it, it, when you talk about cost to get guys, I mean, yeah, Paul George could be available. Um, but yeah. I, the cost for Jeremy Grant, I don't think would be that much. And if you think, and if you believe in Rui as that third score, then you don't need to go out there and, and pay all this, uh, or pay all these assets to get a third star in there or because you already have one. Yeah, that is true. Very, very true. Um, well, you wouldn't have like a, a, a bona fide I guess, quote unquote, third star, but you would have two guys who could be, uh, uh, have a third star ability any given night. Correct. Um, in addition to Russ and Beal. So 
I'm mm-hmm. fine with that too. And then when you when you analyze how much it's going to cost you to get that player or to acquire that player, you know, you got to weigh that in there too. Because um, mm-hmm. if it means giving up all of your bench depth and every draft pick you have for the next five years, is it really, really worth it? Like if I'm going to do that, it's going to have to be for a guy that's like a top, bona fide top 10 guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy is not available. I think it would be especially cool when we talk about reinventing DMV basketball and Wizards basketball. If you bring on Wes Sunsell Jr. and then you're able to trade a Jeremy Grant and say you can get Jaron Grant back on this team, I think that's a great story. I really do. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, what would your, like, what would your official like, first offer be? For Jeremy Grant, I'm going to pull up the trade machine here while we're playing around with this. But what would your yeah, first I mean, official I'll, offer be? Uh, I mean, first offer, if, if we're saying first offer, it would be very, it would be low. I'm starting low, right? So what's your conversation starter? So I'm uh, the 15th Troy pick, 15th pick off break. You can have it. Okay. 15th pick. And then I would say pick one of... Denny, Thomas Bryant, Bertans. Uh, yeah, one of those three. Um, we'll, we'll start from there. <laughs> I. Th- so, do we have to trade Bertans for salary, or could we still take that in? Because I'm still kind of confused on how the offseason crap works. You have to match salary because we're over the cap, or we're right, like right at the cap. Um. I know. So Bertans pretty much has is to about, Bertans, I believe, is at about 15, 16 million. So 16. If you, he's at 16. So if you added him and then you throw in like Hutchison, that will put yeah. you at the 20 million right. for Jeremy. Right. Um, Denny's 4 million will put you at there too, but I would try not to include the youngins. Right. And Hutchison's a youngin, but he sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. When I say youngin, I mean a youngin that's worth building around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, would you rather include another future first, or would you just put Denny in the deal? Like, if you were given the option, I would rather go future first than Denny. Okay. Because Denny is a known commodity. I know. I know what Denny is. I don't give a damn about no twenty twenty six pick. 2027 pick that might end up being the 20th selection in the draft. Like, I don't, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if, it, if it's, say if it's Bertans, our 20, 2021 number 15 pick, uh, Hutchison, and then like a future 2025 lottery protected pick, I do that. Now, realistically speaking, I, I think this is this is kind of a good place to be right now. This will kind of be a, a Jeremy Grant trade scenario kind of related pod the rest of the way. Um, so if you were to offer Bertans Hutchison in a 2021 first or our first this year, the projection goes we only get and we only increase by one win, which I think is very disrespectful. And um, obviously Detroit goes down a win. But um, do you think that Detroit would even take that or do you think that there would have to be another pick involved or 
um, a Denny or, or someone else like that. I mean, even if you take out Hutchinson, for example, and you give them Thomas Bryant, I mean, do you think that that's something that they would consider? Man, see, I don't know. I don't know where Thomas Bryant would fit on that roster because of the development of Isaiah Stewart. Like, if you're looking at, you know, right. the Pistons and what they're going to be five years from now, where does Thomas Bryant fit in that if you have, you're trying to build Isaiah Stewart as your starter? Uh, especially with Bryant being on the last year of his deal, I, I don't really. Like the team that's trading for Thomas Bryant would be a team that's looking at Thomas Bryant to be their starter, and we're going to re-sign you to another deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't see that being the Pistons, so I, I don't see why they would have interest. But man, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what what's in Troy Weaver's mind. Um, whether he would prefer the young, uh, a commodity that he's seen already play in the league or would he prefer the future draft pick? Because uh, I, I think off break, you have to include 15 from this mm-hmm. year. Oh, yeah. The, the, for sure. the question for sure. is, would you have to include an additional first or one of those or or Denny or Rui? I don't think right. I think it's off the table. Like, I don't even think I think Tommy hangs up the phone if if they ask for Rui. No, because um, long-term Rui is probably going to be better than Jeremy. I mean, for sure. Yeah, so I, I don't even think that's a starter, but I would probably say, yeah, Denny. Yeah, like Denny uh, or Future First plus the, the 15th pick this year. And then Bertans really is just salary filler because you're probably – the Pistons are probably looking to reroute him. You probably just build his value up, and then you're probably trying to reroute him at a later time. Mm-hmm. So in this scenario, you're fine with Denny being the sixth man then if we keep him. Oh, yeah. I think that's the role for him right now where he mm-hmm. can really handle the ball like like a Joe Ingles. Um, mm-hmm. Let him be that, you know, that that primary ball handler. Because I, I think, I think, and this kind of goes back to just like building a team when Russell Westbrook is your is your point guard because he's not a shooter, right? And we're in this shooting era. If you're going to do that, well, how imperative is it that the backup to Russell Westbrook is a shooter? And, and in more times than not, that backup point guard, if they're a shooter, they're usually not going to be like primary ball handlers. Like mm-hmm. the, the the ideal backup point guard you want to a Russell Westbrook is like a Seth Curry type or or a, a shoot, even a Neto, a guy that can shoot the ball, can play a little bit off the ball. Right. And usually those guys aren't playmakers. And so that's fine because we got Denny Avdia who can handle that ball and and kind of be that facilitator. So you're not asking Denny to just kind of camp in the corner. You're letting Denny be really showcase his skill set, which is playmaking, defense, getting out and running, kind of being crafty in the half court. Uh, but camping him in the corner like he's Mikhail Bridges, I think is just stupid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's the 
what's the minimum you think that we could get away with in a deal? Like, what would your offer be to where it's probably not what Grant is worth, but like, what do you think that Tommy would like could be able to get away with in a low ball offer? I don't want to see. I don't want to call this a low ball offer because I I think it's a legitimate offer. I think. Yeah, I, I would go with, and, I, and I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the trade machine now. Here, I feel Let's like you have. To, I, I feel like you would have to go Bertans. You have to 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 to, to fill salary, mm-hmm. and then I would go Hutchison mm-hmm. again for salary, or if they right. want, yeah, again for salary. Okay. Um, so that's that's twenty million right there. Right. And then you're taking back uh Jeremy Grant's twenty million. Right. Then from our end, I'm sending them obviously the twenty twenty one pick. Mm-hmm. They know what pick that is. Yep. And then uh ooh. this is tough giving up two. I would give up I would give up two, but again, I'm protecting it. I would give them. I would give them a 2025 lottery protected or a top ten protected pick. So we'll so, just say lottery protected 2025. We have basically the same exact thing. I didn't add a protection on that 2025 pick just because I didn't want to try and think too much about it. But I have the exact same thing on my screen right now. Yeah, I, I, I would do that. I would. I would give them. Yeah. Lottery protected, 2025, 2021 pick, Hutchison and Bertons. Because, I mean, if they want to play that game, and I know Hutchison's, um, he's probably like, what, 23, 24 now, but that's essentially three first-round picks for a guy that's not going to be with you long-term. Right. And then you can, like I said, you try to build up Bertons' value. Uh, You know, Bertons actually fits next to Isaiah Stewart. Um, which is the the funny part, and then you're gonna get K Cunningham, you know. So you go K Hayes. I don't know who plays. It. Oh, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq yeah, Bay. He got shooting. Um, so Cade Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Bertans, and Isaiah Stewart. Yep. And then you just play Bertans' value up, and then you move him at the deadline. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I watched that team on League Pass. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart is nasty. Yeah, he he a dog, man. It's a shame he he's is. not a little bit taller. Well, man, how tall? Because I thought he maybe he is taller. Hold on. Thought he was like six nine or six ten. Oh yeah, he is six nine. Okay. Yeah. So, shame he's not like six eleven or seven foot. He'd be an all star like probably next season. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast, man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that is reasonable. I guess the question at that point becomes, is there someone that can come in and offer and give you something better that would drive the Wizards price up and force you to throw in a Denny? I mean, who knows? I mean, do you think it's possible that they would have to throw in Denny and then still those first those uh two first round picks? Or do you think that at that point Tommy would just call it? I think Tommy would call it at that point. Like I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up a 15th pick and a number nine pick for Jeremy Grant. I, I don't yeah. think he does that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he does it. 
I mean, looking around the league, do you think there's anyone that would even like seriously call Troy Weaver and ask for him? Ask for Jeremy Grant? Yeah. With that money and what he's going to cost, I'm trying to think like how many other teams have role players to where they can get that salary to match. The Lakers can't do it. I mean, who has who who has as big a void at at the wing position as the Wizards right now that are that are trying to win? I mean, Portland could be in that mix. Uh, you can package Covington so. and Derek Jones or whoever if you think that Grant will be that serious of an upgrade or do a sign and trade with Norman Powell or but they, whatever. But they just gave up. They just gave up two first round picks to get Covington and then traded and to then, get Powell. Yeah, and then they got Powell. Like I, I just don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they're as dire at at the wing spot as as we are. Um, if, I mean, if I go through. I go through some depth charts here. I'm just looking across around the league. Like uh, Boston could use him as the starting four because we talked about it last or a couple episodes ago. Boston doesn't really yeah. have a starting four right now. But where are they going to get? Are they, where are they going to get twenty million salary from? Is it going to be in a sign and trade for Evan Fournier? Uh, I guess Marcus Smart and a young player. Are they giving up Marcus Smart to do that? I don't know that they would – would they give up Marcus Smart? Especially now that they don't have a point guard on the roster, really. Yeah. Or at least a proven one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just looking like – like I feel like the Wizards have the worst small forward depth in the NBA right now. Um, right. I'm just looking across the league. I don't really see who else – and it really is nothing against Denny, but I mean, you can't rely on a twenty-year-old kid next yeah. year to, to be a starter for you, and, and to like that's literally your your small forward depth. Like you just can't do that, man. Yeah, you just can't. That's I mean, that's terrible. Um, yeah, like I, I, I'm I'm looking here. I, I I don't really see like for teams that are trying to win. Like I, I like the Rockets. They got Deshaun Tate. Um, Kenya Martin's son, like I, they don't have small forward depth, but they're not trying to win right now. Rockets right? aren't; they're not going to want to give up draft capital to do that. Yeah, they're they're not trying to win right now. Um, I'm just looking at teams that are trying to win that will make that move. I, I would the would the the Timberwolves do that? Maybe they got yeah. Jared Culver. Like he's been a bust. Uh, John Chapogi, so. he's he's just not a. I don't think he's a starter. I just think he's kind of a gadget defender. Um, uh, maybe the Jazz? They have wings, though. Like, they got O'Neal. They got Adonovich. They got... Uh, Ingles. Ingles, yeah. Like, I mean, they got wings. They got... Dude, they got a lot of wings, and they all can shoot. The Warriors, maybe, if they want to get off Wiggins. Yeah, but I, I think they got their eyes on bigger fish. And the Warriors, I don't know if they'll give up those kind of picks. Although if the Warriors were like, okay, Wiseman will be in the deal. Even though you already have Isaiah Stewart, I mean, that would be kind of hard to turn down. Yeah, I think I think the Warriors got their eyes on bigger fish. Like, I'm, I'm just looking. I, I really don't see who else has the small forward hole that we have that's also a team that's trying to compete right now that would that would trade the assets for 
twenty million with Jeremy Grant. I, like Chad, it, maybe. It, it just makes so much sense for the Wizards to do it, especially when you consider the local ties and all of that. Like I, um, I don't, I don't know that the Wizards would be in competition with a whole rack of other teams to for Jeremy Grant services. I just, I don't. Which is good really, because then they may be able to throw somewhat of a low ball offer to to get him here. Like if they did Bertans Hutchison two first round picks, even though that second one's going to be protected, it's like okay, well, who else is calling you for him? So I guess you just want to yeah. stick with him and gain nothing from it because they're not winning anything of substance anyway. Right. And I guess I will have to say, I have to look like, who were the teams that was trying to get Aaron Gordon? I think mm. same teams that were trying to get Aaron Gordon possibly would be the teams that would be looking to get Jeremy Grant if, if their objectives haven't changed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. If there was a deal to be done, what do you think eventually that it would come down to now that we've kind of talked about all this? We've talked about the low ball offer, but I mean, what do you think a fair, realistic trade would be? I think they would try to ask for one of the young. I think they would try to ask for Denny. I really do. I think they would want to, I think they would try to go, um, which is the original trade I had, I had put up. I think it was it was Bertans, Denny, and our 2021 first. Okay. And it's I, like, okay, is is that you're not giving up four <laughs> you're not giving up four assets now if you consider Hutchison an asset. Yeah. Uh you know, instead of instead of Bertans, Hutchison, and two firsts, now it's Bertans, Denny, and one first. Right. My thing is, if we trade Denny, I want something back in the deal. So, like, if we did um, Denny Bertans fifteen uh, for Jeremy Grant, I would also throw in Hutchison, but then I want Seiko Dumboya back. Hmm. Okay. Can Seiko play though? Like, I, I really don't know what that dude is good at. Not really, but you know what? It gets Chandler Hutchison off the roster. And he's a little bit cheaper. It's not by much, but he's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Let me let me try that. Uh Seku. So we adding Seku in it. And then you putting Denny in it. Right. But then you're taking back the pick. Uh you're taking back the lottery protected pick. Let's see what we get. It works, but this time it makes us worse than the Wizards. It makes us worse than the Pistons. Right, yeah, which I still yeah. don't really see how. But I mean, yeah, I guess right. I get it. I guess I get it. That, because because... Se- you know what it is? It's Sekou's, Sekou's advanced number is just so bad. Like He's yeah. like a net negative player that he drags the rest of. <laughs> but if you take him out, it's a definite upgrade, even still. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but but so you think it would come down to uh, like Bertans, Denny, and fifteen for um, for Jeremy? Yeah, I think I, that's what I would offer. I w- I would try to do it that way. I would try to hold on to the to Denny 
I would try to hold on to Denny Rui, kids, Gafford, obviously. That goes without saying. Oh, yeah. If they want Daniel Gafford, Tommy should just hang up the fucking phone. Yeah, I'm I'm holding on to them, and I'm going to say, you know, Bertans, Hutchison, and two first-round picks, one lottery protected. You know, see what they say. I mean, even if they if it had to come down to it being unprotected, okay, that's fine with me. In 2025, yeah, I guess, yeah, because who cares? We don't know who's coming out then. Who gives a crap? Yeah, and it's about the greater good. Like we could go back in 2025 and be like, "Oh, the Wizards made the biggest mistake ever because they gave up this pick four years ago." It's like, guys, no one knows who's going to be available four years from now. No one cares. Right. It could be. It's it like, could be a tw- yeah. it could be a 2013 type draft where you know, it's like it's so weak. Like at that point, you ain't getting really nothing at that. 20th pick or whatever you pick out any damn way, you know, at the right. top of the draft. It was really, it's, it's just no way of knowing, man. It's really no way of knowing. But I, I figure like this, if, if, if Robert Covington is worth two first round picks, I mean, Jeremy Grant, Grant, yeah. Player. This right. is a better player. Like, and I was about to mention that like Portland already kind of set the market for that sort of thing if they want to do that. So that's probably, yeah, I mean, that's probably a, but he, what even got traded for Covington again? Was it was the picks and what else? Uh, Let me see. I go back and look. Um, and then and then another trade I kind of referenced was the the Aaron Gordon trade because he went for Gary Harris, bloated salary, R.J. Hampton, who was a he's a lot was he lottery pick or just outside the lottery, and then they got a protected first round pick, so they got three assets. Um, for Aaron Gordon. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, because, all right, so this was, they got uh, Covington for um, Trevor Reza, a conditional future first-round pick, and the draft rights to Isaiah Stewart. God damn. Wow. Wow. Isaiah Stewart is exactly what the Blazers need right now. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's something. That's that, Isaiah Stewart is the exact type of center the Blazers need right now. And that's a lower pick. Ours is at 15. So if we call that and offer that for Jeremy Grant, that's, that'd be kind of tough for Detroit to turn that down. I think that's a good offer. That way you can keep Denny. Because then off the bench, potentially, you can um, you have Denny at the three. Uh, if you want to go cheap, I mean, say you just stick with Anthony Gill, whatever. Uh Whatever. Uh, and then you have Gafford at the five. Um, and then you can spend the MLE on a backup guard. I just I just like the idea of having Grant Rui Denny as like versatile wings that you just throw at guys. Mm-hmm. Um and then I would I would go after a, a shooter to add to that group. Mm-hmm. Uh and then probably another shooter at at one of the at the guard spot at both of the guard backup guard spots, mm-hmm. um, so if that means bringing Neto back, if we can afford him, and then who you have at the backup two needs to be a shooter, and then I will go get a vet shooter at small forward, and I think you're good then. I mean, if your starting five is Russ Beal, Grant, Rui, Bryant, and then your bench is. Um, I mean, let, let's just say, like, safe Neto, um, Alec Burks, uh, Denny, 
Gill and Gafford. I mean, that's that's better than what we had this year. For sure. For sure. <sighs> and they need to get this Jeremy Grant thing done. The more I talk about it and look at it, the more it just needs to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because when I, I when I look at it, that to me, like you just can't have that big of a hole on your roster. Like that wing spot to me is probably the most important position on the floor. Like you just had a big old hole in it. Like you literally had Denny out there, kind of just figuring it out, and then you just threw Neto there, uh, and it kind of worked for a little bit until it got exposed royally against one of the biggest teams in the NBA in the, in the Sixers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, I mean, they just destroyed us. Like every time they just, they just hunted the mismatch. So then we had Bertans trying to play small for, it was just, it was a disaster, man. It was a disaster. You just can't do that. <sighs> Has there been any um, like legit stuff that's come out? About the Wizards being interested in Grant, or has all of that kind of been like fan speculation at this point? It's been fan spec from what I've been seeing, but the Wizards never really. I mean, are the Wizards ever really in legitimate rumors? Like, I feel like of all the teams in the league, like the Wizards are always usually like kind of on the low with 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 the moves they're making. Like, there's never any like rumors with the Wizards, unless of course right. it's fake Bradley Beal stuff. But, um. They kind of just go about their business low key, and then they just do something. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, nah. That's it for me. All right. Hopefully, the next time we talk, uh, we'll have a head coach in place. That that would be nice. Now that kind of. All the threatening jobs are out of the way. Not that it's really affected our search anyway, but the the search needs to come to an end pretty soon because we have the the combine and all that, and it would be nice to have the head coach kind of locked in for the draft. So hopefully the next time you hear from us, we'll have our guy or gal in place. But I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode. Uh, please feel free to leave us a review. Um, Rate us five star. If you have any comments or concerns, you can always DM me on Twitter. But I want to thank you guys for listening again. You know, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, But we'll see you next time.